And that's where you need to step in and start managing your career like you were CEO of a one-person company, which is you. Because, and you need to understand that at the end of the day, no one is going to care about your career as much as you do. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of How to Get a Job podcast. And today's guest is going to blow your mind because we're going to be talking about how to get promoted fast and often. And our guest today, her name is Maya Grossman, and she's an author, a career coach, and a marketing executive with over 15 years of experience. But more than that, I've gotten to know her the last couple of years, and I'm telling you, her content, her advice on how to maximize your career, take control of your career, get promoted, and just own your career is incredible to the point where I have everybody in my team read her book last month uh, because I just think that there's no better book out there for that purpose. And so we're going to be talking a lot about how to get promoted fast and often, even in 2023. And so without further ado, Maya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun talking to your team. And I hope we can share some of that wisdom here today for everyone to learn. No, I I, I want to talk about that because, you know, we think that, hey, you know, at least for me, I work with a lot of job, uh, job seekers that are starting out their career and they think that getting a job is the beginning or the finish line. Like it's like, hey, I graduated college, I hit the finish line. But what they will quickly realize that as soon as they start their job, they just started the marathon of their career. And what happens is that you've had a lot of structure throughout your whole life, you know, in, in, in middle school and elementary school and high school and college that, you know, every, every time you, you go older and older, you get less and less structure. Even college, there was structure, though. Like, here's the classes you need to take to be able to graduate. Here's the prereqs. Right. And all of that. But what they don't tell you that in your career, you don't have an advisor, you know, even though there's HR, HR, sure, they want to help, but they're more representing the company and you kind of have to own their career and it's not your boss responsibility to get you promoted. Now, you might have a really good manager that or a leader that might want to do that, but that's not always the case. So I love that you advocate of, you know, owning and taking advantage of your career and how to become an invaluable employee. And that's super amazing. And I, and I, and I resonated so much with the book and this is why I had my team read it. It's why this is like the third time you've been on the podcast. But let's talk about that. Why do you think people should start taking ownership of their career and become an invaluable employee as soon as possible. Yeah, honestly, you literally yeah, use my shtick right now. So the truth is we have been conditioned to think that if we follow the rules to a T, we're going to get a reward. So when we get to the workplace, people assume, okay, I'm just going to do my job. I will say yes to everything. I will you know, follow all the rules and I'm going to get the reward. But that is not how it works because mm -hmm. if that worked that way, everyone would get promoted all the time. So you really need to understand that there are different rules. Everything you learn so far is just not going to serve you in the same way. So you need to change your mindset and you need to understand that at the end of the day, no one is going to care about your career as much as you do, which is why it is your responsibility to make it happen. And think about it this way. If you're waiting for a manager or a company to give you what you want, you're essentially outsourcing your success. Why would you want to do that, right? Why would you want someone else to make decisions about your future when you can do it yourself? You can make decisions, create a plan, and make it a reality. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. And it's interesting because um, 
I started my career working for a Fortune 50 company, right? And I was there for six years and I got promoted three times. So I was getting promoted kind of pretty much every two years. And I knew those promotions were coming because I was part of a management or a leadership training program. And so it was a little bit of a sense structure and it was kind of like expected because one of the things that I didn't realize how fortunate I was to be part of that program is that if you were part of that program, you were essentially designed to be a high potential. Like they were building you and grooming you to become the future leaders of the organizations. And now that I'm not, uh, th that I started my own business and now, you know, I have like close to 20 employees. Like I am now understanding a lot of the things that PepsiCo was doing. I'm like, Oh wow, that makes so much sense. And I'm trying to implement it here. Like having a people planning process, but as much, and I say this and coming from a point of view is, as much as I am a career coach and I understand the value of taking on your career and as, as much as I care about my employees and I want everyone to get promoted, not everybody can get promoted, right? And or and not at the same time. And it's very hard to keep everyone's, all 20 employees goals in mind. And I would tell you that the employees that advocate for themselves, the ones that have this owner's mentality, and you talk a lot about this in the book. And if I'm saying things that sound like Maya, and if you heard Maya, it's because I love her content and I read her book and I speak to her all the time. So if, it, if I sound like I know what I'm talking about, it's because I learned it from Maya. <laughs> well, thank you. Oh my gosh. Um, but it's really interesting to see that you worked for a company that actually had a plan, right? Not every company does that. Right. I worked for two Fortune 500s. I worked for Microsoft and Google. And those are great companies, but most of the work they do around development is very general, right? Even corporate ladders, they were built for the average person. But if you want more than average, if you're ready faster, if you, you know, if you learn, if you implement, if if you feel like you can do more, then something needs to change. And that's where you need to step in and start managing your career like you were a CEO of a one-person company, which is you. Because people I think don't understand that they actually have the power to make things happen. They think, oh, but my manager will not let me, or the company doesn't have headcount, or it's the worst time to look for a job. But none of that matters because those are just circumstances. You can change everything. You can find a different way. You can build better relationships. You can change companies. Whatever the obstacle is, you can overcome it, but only if you actually decide to do something about it. If you sit and wait and hope, you're going to be waiting for a really long time because hope is not a career strategy. It's so interesting to now see as a business owner and the ups and downs that a business has and, um, and, it, and how challenging it could be. And, and, and I can say, Hey, like we don't have the budget for that. Or like, we don't have the headcount for that. But if an employee comes in with a solution on a way to either save the company money or generate additional revenue or profits, right? Like, it's exactly what I'm looking for. It's 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 one of those things where I'll be like, hey, like your your compensation is directly correlated to the value that you bring, and that it's easier to quantify in a smaller company, but it's the same way that a, a big company would do it. Like every time a company is hiring someone or even promoting someone, they're making an investment. Every company has limited resources, so like I do think like even though you might say, hey, Daniel and Maya, like that's easy for you guys to say, like or hey, Daniel and Maya, like. Uh, it's 2023. Did you not see all the layouts the tech companies did? And I'm like, actually, I think those are opportunities for you to get promoted. Maybe the promotion might take a couple of months longer, but that the problem, the thing is those companies will bounce back. And when they do, they're going to have to 
grow and develop other people. And if you have been adding value that you're going to be top of mind and that's when the things happen. And, but we'd love to get your thoughts on like, you know, 2023, it's tough, right? It's challenging. What do you see? What can they do? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I want to respond to something you just said about, you know, the company being responsible as well as the employee. I wholeheartedly agree, right? This is a two-way conversation. You want to have both parties contributing, but that's not always the case. Not to mention managers don't read minds. If Mm. you don't go to your manager and actually explain your goals and you lay out a plan or you demonstrate what you're capable of doing, they may not assume that you're ready or even interested in a promotion. So I'm going to put that aside because that's very, you know, that's going to be true in every time. So we're talking about 2023 and you said something so important. Every time there's a change, a challenge, but there's also an opportunity. And what I have seen a lot of people do is lay low. It's like, this is not a good time. I'm going to do the bare minimum. I'm going to pass for this. I'm going to wait for the storm to pass. But it's such a waste of time because guess what? This is what most people are doing, which means you have a better opportunity to stand out if you do think differently. If you start thinking about, okay, how can I add value? How can I generate more revenue, save money, or even drive efficiency for the company? Because this is a time of need. Now, I'm not suggesting that you do work for free forever, but it's an opportunity to demonstrate what you're capable of. And at the same time, start bringing up the conversation about a promotion. Start bringing up the conversation about additional compensation, but only after you've showed your value. Right, Because otherwise you're just making demands. But if you do the work first, demonstrate that you're capable and then ask for the reward, it is much more likely that you'll get it. I'm gonna say one more thing that's a little bit controversial. A lot of people ask me, hey, should I take a promotion if it comes without a pay raise? And I know a lot of companies are in a situation now where they even wanna promote employees, right? They're doing a great job, but from a financial perspective, they can't afford it. And my answer is, hell yes. And here's why. Not because I want you to do free work forever, but because if you get the promotion, you get the title, the seniority, you get the responsibilities, and you get an opportunity to actually do the work. And if you do that for two, three months, and you kind of earn it, then you either negotiate for that pay raise when the company is able to pay you, or you take that new seniority and you go apply somewhere else. But you're going to apply for the the more senior role. You're going to get the salary that you deserve. You're not going to start from scratch to build yourself up with a company, earn their trust for two years to get that promotion. So that's how you do it really quickly. I I, I love that idea of like, you know, like, you know, it is controversial of like, hey, like you shouldn't, you know, do what you get paid to. Like if you get paid until five, clock out at five. And look, if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do that. But if you're looking to get promoted faster, if you're looking to take ownership of your career, you're going to have to do the extra mile that most people are not willing to do. That's why you're going to get results that most people are not getting. It's simply put, like, I know as much as we can give all that advice and, to, and, and strategies and tactics, but it does all this is going to require extra work. Like everything that Maya and I will be sharing with you will require it to be more conscious, more strategic. You're going to be doing more work in, in a sense, but that is the best way. You got to think, right? There's a risk associated with hiring, with promoting. And anytime that you can show them that you can do the work of the job that you want and show them you can successfully do it, it lowers the risk of promoting you because 
I remember when I wanted to be in a, a regional account manager and I was a district manager and I wanted to move to a regional. I started taking on regional responsibilities. I started calling on customers on a regional level versus a district level. Because when I did interview for that promotion, when it did happen that I was able to go, I can go in the interview and then they can say, hey, tell me about a time where you done X, Y, and Z. I can actually tell them, like, actually, I've done the job. I'll tell you about a time where I spoke to a vice president of Target and presented over a thousand stores. And, and when you do that, you lower the risk of you not working out in the role and it just makes it a no brainer. So now you gain the leverage. So sure. Did I work extra for three to six months, uh, you know, learning it? Yes. And a lot of the learning curve that you would actually learn in the role when you start, I happened to be doing it when I was still in my other role. And so I was able to actually get to my new role even faster, which made me look like even a a bigger all-star, which means I got more clients. And it's funny. I say I got, I, I did three different roles in, in six years in PepsiCo. And during that time, there was two layoffs. And every single layoff, what would happen? People on my team who've been in the role for 10 years plus, who were essentially comfortable, I would take on more responsibilities and, and, and I would have a job. And so it's like people were laid off and I actually kind of like got like semi-promotions. Now, to your point, I actually, most of those, those two times I never got paid extra because if they were doing layoffs or they were doing reorgs, it's because a company was trying to cut costs, right? Uh, they were trying to hit their targets so that Wall Street wouldn't punish them. I get it. I understand that now more than I did back then. But uh, but what that did lead to is that three, six months down the line, when there was a senior regional manager available, I was the first one to get the interview. And I was also the one in line to get at the job. And so Managers don't forget. Don't they? You know, the leadership team doesn't forget when you go above and beyond. Yeah, and and I think you said you know do more work, but it's not just about the hours. It's about working smarter, not harder. Mm, and I think yeah. a lot of people get it wrong. They think I will just keep my yeah. head down and I'll put in more hours. It's not about that. It's about working strategically and creating that leverage. And I agree. I, I can tell you as a hiring manager, the people who are the easiest to promote are the people who showed me what they can do. Most people think they need to tell, right? When I tell people, you can get promoted by changing employers. They think it's impossible. How is it possible? I'm not going to have anything on my resume to demonstrate it. And the answer is very simple. You don't tell them what you can do. You show them. You put together a plan, you create a strategy, you show what you can do, because that's the difference between trusting that you can figure it out, lowering that risk, and having to guess. And if your manager or the hiring manager is going to have to guess, guess what? You're not getting the promotion and you're not getting the job because it's too risky. But if they can trust you because they can see an example of what you can do, it's an easy yes. That's how you move from no to hell yes, just by demonstrating your capabilities. But people think about immediate gratification. It's hard for them to think in the long term that maybe they need to compromise a little bit right now, put in that extra hour or two to see the results in the long term. But I can tell you, this is how I got 10 promotions in 15 years. This is how I got to make high six figures and build a career in life that I love. But by making those small sacrifices, for a short amount of time to demonstrate what I can do and earn those promotions. That's how you do it. One thing you talk a lot about, and, and and one of the favorite parts about the book that you talked a lot about is like how, like if you make your manager look good, they'll make you look good. I, and, I, and, I, and, and 
And so I think a lot of things, at least where a lot of my clients struggle is they get a job, you know, we'll help them get jobs in amazing companies, right? You name it, the Teslas, the Googles, the Metas of the world, Amazons, but then they get there and they maybe deal with a little bit of imposter syndrome. And now they're having, like, they can't, they're having trouble managing their career, let alone how to manage their manager. Um, what advice do you have on having a good relationship with your manager, aligning the goals and being able to essentially manage your manager so that they're rooting for you and helping you get promoted? Yeah, I love that question. Um, I had a manager when I was at Microsoft. He would go around, tell everyone that I was his boss. And this guy was a GM, which is a very senior role at Microsoft. And I was nowhere near that. But the reason was how I built our relationship. So here's what I would do in this situation. First and foremost, you need to understand, I actually did the research. I spent more time with my manager than I did with my own family. So this person has a really big part in your life. Get to know them on a personal level. I know not everyone likes to mix business and pleasure. I'm not saying become their best friend. I'm just saying get to know who they are, understand how they think and where they're coming from. What do they care about? And you can do that very early on with just like having a coffee conversation. Hey, I just want to get to know you better. Let's have a conversation that's not about work. If you can do it in person, much better, really helps build the relationship. And if you can start slowly understanding what they value, what they care about, um, you know, what is important to them inside of work, that's how you can start becoming more valuable because your goals Everything that you do needs to align to them. Because here's a very simple truth. Your manager is mo most likely not being measured on what they can do. They have a team. They are measured on what the team can do. So if you do well, your manager does well. So the more you can make them look good, and I'm not talking about kissing ass or bringing them coffee, I'm talking about work-wise. How can you make sure that your work promotes their goals? How can you make sure that everything that you do reflects well on them in different conversations, in how you manage yourself and in how you're able to achieve your, your KPIs. The only way to do that is to actually know what the goals are, what your manager cares about. Make sure that you constantly align to that. Yeah, you're saying something that like, it's super important there. It's like, once you need to know your KPIs, what are your key performance indicators? How how is your yearly and, and, and you know yearly review being done, right? How is it being measured? Just like in sports, how do we score a goal? How do we score points? Same thing at your job, right? And more like, well, that's really important, but you should also know what are your manager's KPIs. And you and you mentioned it there. It's like, how many of you know how your manager is being evaluated, right? And odds are is the combination of the rest of the team. So is your KPIs multiply by everyone's KPIs, averaged out probably is what it is, but it, it can vary depending on, on so many uh, factors. But I think it's important for you to have that conversation and for you to go out of your way and understand what is the strategic things that he's focused on that maybe haven't trickled down to your level. And I, I'll give an example, right? Um, when I was working at PepsiCo, I worked in, in Frito-Lay. And so Pepsi is divided into multiple companies. You have Frito-Lay, you have Pepsi, you have Quaker, you have Gatorade, right? And then you have PepsiCo International. But in North America, you had the big business units. Ram, they all had their own CEO. They all had their own headquarters. They had their own PL and so on. But the PepsiCo CEO, her name is Ingenuity or was Ingenuity, right? She was talking about the power of one. 
of how do we have, how do we leverage Frito-Lay's brand who has a 70 plus market share and we use it to partner with Pepsi so that it can compete with Coca-Cola. Now, because I understood that that was her KPIs, that's that she was a, one of the big initiatives and the yearly, you know, in, 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 the, in the yearly plan for PepsiCo, I saw that trickle down and I know for the vice president and the directors, that was a big initiative. Now that's a lot harder to execute on the field level because Pepsi, if we have a customer, let's say Target was one of my customers. Pepsi has their own account manager. I have my own account manager. But because I understood that that was my boss's priority and my boss's boss's priority, I went out of my way to say, how do we do more power of one promotions? And we started selling a lot. Now, that wasn't trickle down. It was kind of like an action plan for like next year to be a priority for us in the field. But because I knew how they were being kept score. I initiated a lot of those initiatives, which led to me looking really good, my manager looking even better, and ultimately led to a really great performance review, which great raises, right? And then obviously continued to be on the fast track. And I think it's about that thinking two levels ahead, think like a CEO, think like a manager, and it will pay off. Yeah, 100%. And I think... Sometimes people are a little bit intimidated because they think, oh, I'm, I'm not going to change the company. I don't know how to think about a strategy. But let me give you an even simpler example of how just being a good human being and supporting you know, your managers, even personal goals can help you. Uh, the same story, when I worked for Microsoft, that manager was part of a larger team, but he also wanted to build his own reputation and his own brand. He was an expert at what we were doing. So as a marketing leader, I had to come up with a marketing strategy, but instead of just thinking, oh, I'll do ads, I'll do this, I'll do that. I asked myself, how can I do both? How can I elevate my manager's brand? Because he was so smart and so capable, but still achieve our marketing goals. And that's where I came up with a strategy to do more thought leadership and put him front and center. So I got him interviews and keynotes and he loved it. It helped build his own brand, but we also achieved the results that we wanted. So just me thinking a little bit more about how to do both, you know, I was able to kind of build that relationship to the point that my manager, who was like four levels above me, would come into my office and say, hey, I'm going to grab coffee. Can I bring you anything? That's the level of relationship we had. That's amazing. So, you know, my as we kind of wrap it down, like, you know, I'm in my career. I'm feeling stuck, right? If I'm looking for help, what is the, how can I connect with you? What is the best form to kind of take my career to the next level? Uh, what is the first step that I should be taking? Yeah. So there's three different things you need to grow your career. Okay. I'm going to call them the three C's. You need clarity, you need confidence, and you need consistency. Clarity about what is it that you want. You need to be specific. Most people want options but options are not going to get you the job that you want or the promotion that you want. You need to be the best candidate for one specific thing. So you need to get a lot of clarity. You also need to figure out what it's going to take to get there. You need confidence, which means the mindset to actually take action and go for what you want. And you need consistency because most people give up very quickly. Before we started recording, I told you, do you know what's happening right now? We're halfway through the year. Most people are quitting on their goals. Most people are turning an entire year of possibilities into six months because they just give up. So you need to keep going when things get hard, when you want to procrastinate, and when you're not sure that you can push any harder, you need to push a little bit more. So this is what I usually teach. 
So you can follow me on LinkedIn. I share a lot of free advice there. I also have a newsletter where I go a little bit deeper every single week. Or you can come work with me as a coach and I can teach you how to do all of that. That's amazing. Look, I have known Maya. I've been following her content and it's truly, truly amazing. Um, and I just even seen the impact that just having my team just read her book and talk to her for less than an hour on a Zoom call, how much of an impact is in the culture of the team of having them have an owner's mentality has affected. So look, I, I would even say this, if you are listening to this and you are, you know, you're feeling stuck in your job, you're obviously listening to this because you're, you, you know that you're, there's something missing. I would encourage you to just explore that, you know, follow Maya for a couple of weeks and you'll, you'll see what we're talking about. And I, I think it's worth that investment in yourself to get you out of that run, to have a plan, to have a strategy, to take ownership of your career and be an invaluable employee. Maya, you are more than amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I'll put a link to your LinkedIn and any other link that you want me to put, it'll be underneath Maya on the show notes so you guys can all connect with her and find out more about her. Um, thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. All right, so today's rant, I want to dive into owning your career and why you should own your career. Look, here's the issue that I find. Most people do not take ownership of their career, and I think it's one of the biggest mistakes that you will make. Understand that your first job out of college is just the beginning of the marathon. It is not the finish line, and we talked about that in Maya's episode. But I want you to do is that you're owning your career from day one is going to allow you to get promoted so many times more, get bigger races every year, and that will come compound into massive, massive, massive success because you have to think, right, that if you can get a bigger raise in the beginning of your career and you can get promoted in the bigger career, by the time you retire, that massive raise, that compound in, the compound effect that you get from being promoted more earlier on, for getting bigger raises earlier on, will mean millions of dollars of more of earning potential alone, let alone just the job title, the responsibilities, the respect just the fulfillment that you're going to get. And what I would say is this, from day one, you need to own your career. You need to try to become a high potential employee, right? You need to be positioned as a future leader in the organization. It doesn't matter if you're a software engineer, data scientist, or a data analyst. It doesn't matter if you're a technical role, you can still go into a leadership role where you can make a bigger impact and bigger decisions where you can see what the decisions you make, how it impacts the organization. And so what I want you to do is realize that the first 90 days of your job are really, really important. Set clear expectations with your manager. Understand how you're being measured. What needs to happen in the next 90 days for you to consider that this is a successful hire? And have those checkup calls, if not weekly, at least every two weeks or at least 30, 60, 90 days checkpoints. Understand that. Also, understand your your manager's KPIs, how are they being uh, scored? You know, how do they, how is their yearly review done? And find ways to add value for them. If what's important to them should be important to you, right? So if there is some strategic things or something they're passionate about, maybe it's an ERG group, or maybe it's recruiting, or maybe it's some other outside curriculum, reverse mentoring program or mentoring program, support them on that. Get involved. Also, 
most big companies have ERG groups, employee resource groups. They're like student organizations for the company. And there's some for veterans, there's some for people of color, there's some people for Hispanics, there's some for any type of, like anything you can think of, like a student organization, they're there. Uh, get involved with campus recruiting, get involved in mentoring programs. Look at the resources the HR has provided. You know, a lot of this um, companies provide tons of personal development tools that you can take advantage that are already paid for in your benefits package or even have tuition reimbursements or will pay for you to go to conferences. So what I'm saying here is there's tons of resources in your companies that you can take advantage of. I want you to take ownership of your career, start thinking about the things that you need to build, both soft skills and technical skills to get to the next role. Take on leadership responsibilities. You do not need a title to be a leader. Right. You do not need a title to be a leader. Let me repeat that because it's super important and own your career. It'll be more fulfilling. You'll feel better about it. You'll make more money. You make greater impact. You'll be able to help your family more. So, um, again, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe and give us a like. Put comments on what you like to see in future episodes. And again, share this with at least one person, you know, that is looking for a job or is stuck in their career. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode.